Blog Talk Radio. joining us for episode number 18 of the Old Time Radio Show. We think you'll have some, we have some great selections uh, planned for you in the 2019 uh, year, lined up for you so you want, you don't want to miss a single show. We ended last year by conducting our big band series. They're all archived so you can return to the music of Glenn Miller, Tommy Dorsey, Benny Goodman, and many others, any time you choose. Today's episode, we present the second in a series, Music We Grew Up With, starting in the 1950s, and the selection was so well received, we thought we'd do it one more time. Hits from the 1950s in this episode. Of course, we always give the news of Eastern Airlines in all our old-time radio series broadcast. Now, before we get started on our 1950s selections, let's hear an Eastern Airlines commercial. Fly Eastern Airlines, Eastern Airlines. Fly Eastern. You'll love to travel by Eastern. Where new things are happening. Eastern. Fly Eastern Airlines. Sometimes with a pack of cigarettes rolled up in the sleeves. I believe those were either luckies or camels, as I recall. A black leather jacket was the cover of choice. And the popular hair, the hairstyle was a DA, which was kind of a short for a duck's rear end, where the guy's somewhat long hair would comb it back both sides of his head so that the back formed and looked like a duck's whatever. I kid you not. The Fonz <laughs> on the TV show, Happy Days. Elvis was the patron saint of the day, 
and the older brothers emulated that that for sure. Girls, perky in their mid uh, mid high skirts, love charm jewelry and hair pulled back in a ponytail, or their hair was pulled back out and teased into shapes like Jackie Kennedy. Their models were in- innocent girls like Sandra D, or bad girls like Marilyn Monroe. All of this was captured in much later movies called Grease with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. That'll Be the Day is a song written by Buddy Holly and Jerry Allison. It was the first recorded Buddy Holly and the Three Tunes in 1956 and was re-recorded in 1957 by Holly and the Crickets. The 1957 recording achieved widespread success. Holly's producer, Norman Petty, was credited as a co-writer, although he did not contribute to the composition. Many other versions have been recorded. It was the first song recorded as a demo by the Quarrymen, the scuffle group that involved into the Beatles. The 1957 recording certified gold with over a million copies in the U.S. sales alone by the Recording Industry Association of America, RAAA, in 1969. It was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998. It was placed in the National Recording Registry, uh, a list of sound recordings that are culturally, historically, an important to reflect the life in the United States in 2005. Now, Mr. Producer, how about a little bit of That'll Be the Day? Hey. 
was wonderful. Yep. If you watch YouTube clips of music back in the 1950s, you'll see a whole lot of shaking going on. The originals of the song are disputed, but the writing is usually co-credited to song, singer-songwriter Dave Curry Williams and pianist and club owner James Frey Hall. Jerry Lee Lewis had been performing the song in his stage act and recorded it in the second recording session for Sun Records in February 1957. The release is revealed in Dual Board Magazine on the 27 May 1957. Supervised by producer Jack Clement, Lewis radically altered the original, adding a, a propulsive boogie piano that was com, com, complemented by J.M. Van Eaton's electric drums and Roland James' muted guitar, and also suggested spoken asides. Lewis later stated, quote, I knew it was going to be a hit when I cut it. Sam Phillips, uh, Sam Phillips thought it was going to be a little too risque, and it couldn't make it. If that's risque, well, I'm sorry, unquote. The song was engineered by Jack Cowboy Clement, told, who told Lewis when he entered the studio, quote, We don't do much country around here. We're in rock and roll business. You ought to go home and work up some rock and roll numbers. Well, here's how Jerry Lee Lewis' version had turned out. Hit it, Mr. Producer. Come over, baby. Oh, Lord, she's going on. 
Let's get real low one time now. Shake, baby, shake. All you gotta do, honey, is kinda stand in one spot. Wiggle around just a little bit. That's what you got. Yeah. Now let's go one time. Shake it, baby. Don and Dorothy, being oh. a DJ, when you play songs like this, your whole body shakes and moves with the song. This was fabulous. You, you had a, one you of had the be best. Just now. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen me sitting here. <laughs> well, I was dancing all over my yep. house. Yep, that's true. Hey, listen, guys, we're going to slow it down a little bit, okay? In the still of the night, is one of the two songs that lay claim to being the origin of the term doo-wop. The plaintive doo-wop, doo-wah refrain in the bridge has often suggested the origin of the term to describe the musical genre genre, uh, uh, when you dance by the turbans, which was the chant doo-wop can be heard. Uh, Okay. In the Still of the Night is a song written by Fred Paris and recorded by the Five Satins. While only a moderate hit when first released, peaking at number 24 in the national pop charts, it was, re- it was re- received considerably airplay over the years and notable as one of the best-known doo-wop songs recorded by artists such as Boys to Men and Debbie Gibson. It's also heard in several films, including The Buddy Holly Story and Dirty Dancing. I remember that. Fred Paris and the Five Satins are the American doo-wop group best known for their 1956 million-selling song, In the Still of the Night. So Mr. Producer was going to slow it down, and let's hear a little bit of, of the doo-wop, doo-wah, love to dance to.
Well, Shaboom, sometimes referred to as Life Could Be a Dream, is an early doo-wop song. It was written by James Kyes, Claude Feaster, his brother Carl Feaster, Floyd F. McRae, and brother James Edwards, uh, members of the Rhythm and Blues vocal group, The Chords, published in 1954. It was a U.S. top ten hit that year for both The Chords and first recorded song of The Crew Cuts. The song was first recorded on Atlantic Records by The Chords on March 15, 1954, and would be their only hit, Shaboom reached number two on the Billboard's Rhythm and Blues charts and peaked at number nine on the pop charts. It is sometimes considered to be the first doo-wop rock and roll record record to reach the top ten on the top charts as opposed to Rhythm and Blues charts. Uh, They had two different charts at that time. The version was ranked 215 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time and the group's only song on the list. Now, if you're listening to Light, here's a little bit of chords singing Shaboom Shaboom. Life could be a dream, life could be a dream. Do, 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 shaboom. Life could be a dream if I could take you up in paradise up above. If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again Shaboom and open with me to get boom Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong Oh, 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 flip A bit of a bit of war Life could be a dream If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life could be a dream, sweetheart Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we said,
said on the last show, what would be 1950s music without the king? The king, of course, we referred to uh, is the king of rock and roll, none other than Elvis Presley. We would not have enough time to, in this show to highlight the life and times of Elvis, so we just chose one of his many classic songs to play. The song is called Hound Dog. It's a 12-bar blues song written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stroller. Recorded originally by Willie Mae Big Mama on August 13, 1952, in Los Angeles and released in Peacock Records in late February 1953, Hound Dog was Thornton's only hit record, selling over 500,000 copies, spending 14 weeks in the rhythm and blues charts, including seven weeks at number one. Thornton's recording of Hound Dog is listed as one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. And it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in February 2013. Hound Dog has been recorded more than 250 times. The best-known version is in July 1956 when Elvis Presley ranked the number 19 on Rolling Stone magazine, a list of 500 greatest songs of all time. It was also one of the best-selling singles of all time. Presley's version, which sold about 10 million copies globally, Amazing. was the best-selling song and enabled uh, an emblem of rock and roll revolution. I bought one of those records. <laughs> it was simultaneously number one on the U.S. pop country and rhythm and blues charts in 1956, and it topped the pop chart for 11 weeks, a record that stood for 36 years. Presley's 1956 RCA recording was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1988, and it is listed as one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Uh, let's hear that hound dog bark, Mr. Producer. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Nothing but a hound dog, a crocodile all the time. 
I think that's uh, that was a song at that time when people didn't hold each other anymore. They began to dance apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. That's do true. all the gyrations that yeah. we still do today. Yeah, right, exactly. That kind of changed the whole element of that. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go from rock and roll to a little bit of country. Uh, I Walk the Line is a song written and recorded by Johnny Cash. After three attempts with modern chart ratings, it became Cash's first number one hit in the Billboard charts. It reached number 17 on the U.S. Parp charts. It remained on the record charts for over 43 weeks and sold over 2 million copies. Wow. It has also been used on many LPs released from Sun Records, such as With Heart and the Blue Guitar, that made him famous and sings Hank Williams. It was also titled song for 1970 film starring Gregory Peck. Cash started I Wrote the Song Backstage uh, in 1956 in Gladwater, Texas. I was newly married at the time, and I suppose I was laying out my pledge of devotion. After writing the song, Cash had a discussion with fellow performer Carl Perkins, who encouraged him to adopt I Walk the Line as a song title. Cash originally intended the song as a slow ballad, but producer Sam Phillips preferred the faster arrangement, which Cash grew to like, and an up-tempo recording with much success. Um, a little footnote, uh, when he recorded that and when he sang it, uh, he quotes, uh, once while I was performing the song on the TV show, Cash told the audience with a smile, quote, people ask me why I hum whenever I sing this song. It's to get my key. The humming was necessary since the song required Cash to change several times while singing it. The song lyrics refer to marital fidelity, personal responsibility, and avoiding temptation and criminal behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mr. Johnny Cash and I Walk the Line. heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tide that binds because you're mine I walk the line And happiness I've known proves that it's right 
Because you're mine I walk the line Cigarettes do that to you. Uh, that's 
That's our show for today, folks, and we hope you enjoyed musical selections, a little history of the song and the artist, and the news at Eastern back in the day. We'll bring you more in the weeks to come, I hope. You know, keeping our Eastern family informed is the greatest importance to this radio show. Please join us on Thursdays and every other Thursday when we broadcast from the Eastern Files and EAL Old-Time Radio. Do you have a story or memory you'd like to share with us and our Eastern family? We would certainly like to hear from you. The Eastern Radio Show would like to broadcast it during one of our shows, either you sharing your memory live during our broadcast, or send it to us, and we'll broadcast the story on the air. You can send your request to host at EALradioshow.com. And we'll tell you what to do from there. Well, thanks for listening today, folks. And on behalf of Captain Neil Holland, our producer, and and this is Don Gagnon saying, so long, Eastern family. We love you, Eastern. So long, Eastern family. We love you, Eastern. We love you, Eastern. And uh, I'm trying to pick a bumper music for our old-time radio series and haven't uh, got the one that I like, but uh, I want to see what you think of this one. And, okay. Uh, uh, of course, everyone recognizes it as soon as I hit the play button, but here it goes. <laughs> like this one, huh? Yeah, I do.
right. Yeah, he was great. You know, Henry Mancini was uh, had a lot to do with the uh, Carpenters also, until uh, Sharon Carpenter uh, died. Uh, died. He yeah. was quite involved with them. Uh, with well, writing it forth. That's enough fun for one day, guys. Uh, I'll see Don and Dorothy. I'll see you Monday night for a wonderful show you have planned. We're going to take a trip up. (laughs) Okay. Bye bye. Emory's sitting over here. He listening. He likes that music of the fifties. We haven't seen too much of him. We need him around more. We're going to come visit you. Okay. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) 